'twas the night before Selection Sunday, and among all who bawl, not a sneaker was squeaking, not even Devon Hall's. The brackets were hung by the wall with great care, in hopes that March Madness soon would be here. The Buckeyes were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of hurricanes danced in their heads. And Shashevsky in his tie, and I in Iona hat, had just settled in to watch Landry Shamit. When out in Gonzaga there arose such a clatter, Coach Few sprang to the sideline to see what was the matter. Away to the basket, Jalen Brunson flew like a flash. Not to be outdone, Devontae Graham then dashed. The light from a three fresh out of Joel Berry's hand, almost eclipsed by the shadow of Isaac Haas, so grand. And what to Marquise Reed's eyes should appear, the Longhorns Mobamba and shots that disappear. Rick Barnes and his volunteers, so lively and quick, I knew to watch out for a Grant Williams pick. More rapid than the trigger, from Trey Young's hand they came. Pearl's Tigers, they pressed and trapped them by name. Now Caroline, now Dom, now Barford in May. On Bridges, on Trier, on Custer, and Holiday. To the top of the glass, just like Gary Clark. Now rebound and dunk and say rock, chalk, Jayhawk. As a deep three from the hands of Texas Tech's Keenan Evans, Marvin Bagley will arrive, sending shots to the heavens. So off to the first round, the teams they all flew, with back doors aplenty, as the Limscomb Bisons so do. And then in a twinkling, a two-pointer from Villanova, led by Jay Wright, always dressed like such a Casanova. We focus on the games, often four at a time, down the chimney, Coach Calipari came, one of the best of all time. He was dressed in a jumpsuit, colored blue and white, the Wildcats he leads from the SEC with all his great might. The Wolverines were there too, three-pointers aplenty, Greg McDermott as well, his Blue Jays so scoreboard friendly. The Big 12 is best, Coach Bill Self so bellowed. Don't forget Press Virginia, said Bob Huggins, that confident fellow. The magic of Arizona comes when Aiton rubs the lamp. But can Alonzo Trier make threes like Connor Frankamp? The eyes, how they twinkle, the final four would be merry. Florida's like a Sunday. Kayvon Allen, the cherry. The quiet Nevada, so very under the radar. TCU can sure score, but can they go far? The grooves of the ball stick tight to the hand. It's a rebound you need. Jamario Jones is your man. The legends are here. San Antonio is their pinnacle. If Xavier makes another run, Coach Mack has worked miracles. The games will be great. We hope some COT. Will Notre Dame join the party? Bonzi overcame great injury. With a wink of an eye and a twist of the head, more games will start up. There's nothing to dread. Time to speak, not a word. Just sit back and relax. It's the best time of year. Sorry, Elroy. It's a fact. Gus nails fishy lines, the story so goes. To the microphone Mike comes, always together, they rose. Right to the podcast, bell jar sound the whistle. And now they will fly, like down of a thistle. But I hear them exclaim, the NC tournament is quite the scene. Happy March Madness to all. Down screen, back screen.
Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. It's so appropriate for that opening to be used tonight because this really is, Gus, like the night before Christmas, isn't it? Uh, It's like we like to say, it's March, but it's Christmas in March. Happy March Madness, listeners out there. We're so glad that you decided to tune in to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike and I are here to give you a quick rundown of who's in, who's out. Quick thought on uh, the, the, you know, the people, the, the teams that we think are, are, are automatically in, and then we'll hit you back up uh, tomorrow with a couple of other things. Mike, I'm feeling a little giddy. I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a little twinkle in my toes. How about you? Gus, I got a twinkle in my toes just because you're back. I, again, uh, I, 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 folks, it's great to have my partner back here. Terrible situation with the snow, but I am glad you're back. You have power. You have heat. This is great. Yeah, you're telling me. I feel like I'm still thawing out from not having heat for a bunch of days. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't think I've warmed up in the last 48 hours. So, yeah, listeners, thank you for putting up with uh, our short, my shortcomings on the, I guess, uh, you know, electrical end. Uh, and I'm happy to be back in the saddle and uh, be talking to everybody again. So thanks for having me back. And, folks, I just got to commend my partner here. Besides his great predictions, which he nailed across the wazoo, he actually predicted Nevada would lose. And he was right. I mean, two things that I never thought would happen there. Uh, he got a mid-major pod done despite not having power, and it was excellent. So it, folks- it was it was challenging. Uh, I jumped through a couple of hoops to get it out there. I know it's not the usual like sound quality that we give you guys, but we were we were efforting. So we we efforted big time for you guys. I hope you appreciate the effort. So folks, follow us on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Myself at Randall Rank, Gus at C Kearns Twelve. Here we go. One of the best podcasts of the year, folks. We are going to take you through all. 33 conferences. We are going to go. Are, are, are you serious? Oh, we are, Gus. You got power. You got heat. You got shower. Refresh, <laughs> Here we go. We're going through all 33. What we're going to do is just quickly touch on the teams that are definitely in. They have either qualified to be in by winning the conference tournament or they're pretty much a shoe in. And then at the end, we'll do some quick time rapid fire, whether we think teams are going to get in or not. But let's take you around 33. We'll see how many teams we have at the end. And then tomorrow, of course, we'll come back and give you our breakdown of the brackets. Best time of year. We're the best podcast. At least I think so, Gus. I know you do. Let's take a run out of here. See how we do. You ready? Ready to roll. Let's do this. All right. So we'll start in the one bid America East. This was a surprise. Vermont goes down to Maryland, Baltimore County to the Retrievers at home. Our heart breaks here for Coach Becker. But Maryland, Baltimore County, five-game winning streak to end the season, Gus. They are the America East tournament champions. They punched their ticket to the big dance. This was the greatest first game of the Saturday that you could hope for. You had a tie game with under 10 seconds to go. Trey Bell Haynes takes it into the into the lane, and a similar uh, similar result happened that happened in the Hartford game, the game that they actually lost uh, in conference, where the weak side defender came, blocked the shot, Couldn't they got a turnover. It. Couldn't yeah, believe it. I know. Then uh, they go down, bang the three from the top of the key, and you love that he said like, "Hey, I've been practicing that shot all year." You love you love when a team and a student athlete has that moment. Um, so congratulations. I can't believe that Vermont lost a little bit of our, my heart broke when, uh, when they lost just cause we were, you know, we do root on the screen, the screener podcast. We were rooting for the Catamounts. Couldn't believe Lyles had a tremendous game. He blocked Bell Haynes, hit the three at the end. Great season for Vermont. They'll have postseason somewhere, but I'm with you. Couldn't believe that uh, Maryland Baltimore County's in, but they are. Next, American Athletic Conference AAC. Here are the three that are automatic. Uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and Wichita. Really quick, Cincinnati, your regular season champions. They will play Houston tomorrow. Houston, 
Difficult team to handicap, right? But they're hot lately. They beat Wichita today. Wichita started the season great, but I divorced them, and I think rightly so. Terrible loss today to Houston. Didn't even make the finals. Didn't win the conference. Didn't make the finals. But it looks like uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and Wichita State all will be in. Quick thought on each one. Cincinnati looks like they're going to be locked up for a two-seed regardless of their result in the finals. Good point. Houston playing with house money the entire time. I don't think anybody wants to play this team. And Rob Gray in this tournament Tremendous. played like the conference player of the year, even though he didn't win that award that was awarded to Gary Clark. And Wichita State, you know what Wichita State's going to do? They're going to sneak in under the radar and people are going to forget about them. Uh, and then when they're, see, when they're seen in their bracket, like there's not going to be that, that normal buzz about them. There's not going to be like that, oh, yeah, I really like this Wichita State team. So I think they might be flying under the radar a little bit heading into Selection Sunday. Can't believe that, that Gary Clark got that award. I like Gary Clark, does a lot of nice things. But to me, Rob Gray or Landry Shamit was a player in the conference. But regardless, moving on, Atlantic 10, one team in. We'll talk about Davidson. I got a feeling Gus Davidson is going to be in here. But the only automatic we have right now are the Rhode Island Rams, regular season champ. 25 and 6, 15 and 3 in conference. They did lose two in a row regular season to St. Joe's and Davidson, but they've won these two games in the conference, but they were close. See how they do so far. Rhode Island's in, right? Rhode Island's definitely in. And interesting cyclical or, or you know, some sort of poetic karma here that the uh, that Rhode Island can right that wrong. They beat St. Joe's, who totally ran them out of the gym. And they also have another opportunity to write one of those losses against Davidson in the finals. But Davidson, I'll tell you what, they're playing unbelievably well efficiently uh, on the offensive end. And th- that game, their first 21 points all came from three. Like, I don't, wow. I, I don't know. Like, you know it's coming. You know that they're going to put up the three ball. You know they're going to get a paint touch and kick it back out. And there's still nothing that the Bonnies could do about it. They put up their first 21 points from three. Really intrigued to see the match matchup in the finals. And, uh, you know, Davidson could be a bit stealer. Today was another day for uh, unrealistic threes, winning Gabriel 7 for 7 for Kentucky, but we'll get into that a little, a little bit later. ACC, I think, Gus, there are seven teams that are definitely in. I don't see the ACC getting less than seven, so these are the ones I think are in. Virginia, Duke, Clemson, North Carolina, easy. Miami as well. Then we get to what I say are the two that are the best of the rest, NC State and Virginia Tech. My thoughts are for that is NC State, they beat Duke, Clemson, UNC. I think that means they're probably in. Lenardi's got him as a 10. Virginia Mm -hmm. Tech, Buzz Williams in his fourth season, beat UNC, Clemson, Virginia, and Duke. So Mm -hmm. I think those two are definitely in. We won't talk about Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville. We'll get to that later. But what do you think about those seven teams? So obviously the first five that you mentioned, total automatics, they'll probably be on the top five to six seed line. Uh, Miami's probably dancing around that area uh, as we speak. And as far as uh, NC State and, and, and Virginia Tech, I think that they're both typical eight, nine teams. I think that they are both going to be call. slotted into those two brackets and they're going to play a number one seed. And by the way, if you're that number one seed, those two teams are going to be kind of scary if they can win that 8-9 game because of the wins that they have accumulated this season already, which you just mentioned, against top teams that are going to garner some of those number one seeds. So you wonder like where they're going to place them. Obviously, they, you know you can't place them uh, with a team in their conference. But at the same time, if you're in the number one seed and you have an NC State to deal with or, or Virginia Tech to deal with, especially after both of those teams have, have beat the top teams in their conference already this season, yikes. Excellent point. And NC State knocked off Nova when they were one seed a couple of years ago. So excellent mm-hmm. point there. 
Next one up is Limscombe. Limscombe broke our heart here in the Atlantic Sun by knocking off Florida Gulf Coast, who didn't know it, Gus, but they were going to beat a one seed, whoever they played. Uh, how are the Bison are in? Limscombe's in, 20-9, and 10-4 and four in conference. What do you think of the Bison? Destined to be a 16 seed. Probably one of the 16 playing games uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Good call. Uh, they are very efficient on offense, and their head coach coached with Coach Bird at Belmont, so you know that they're going to be uh, running a great system. I just don't think that he has the athletes that he'd like to have in the system yet. So will they shoot it efficiently? Sure. Will they out-athlete you? Probably not. Big 12, I only got five in here, and that may surprise you, but I think if you think through it logically, it's it's a reasonable comment. I got Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, and TCU. Now, mm-hmm. you're going to say maybe with Kansas State, but they do have four Quadrant 1 wins and five Quadrant 2 wins. So that's nine Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 wins. Yeah. They were 10 and 8 in the conference. I know they don't care about conference record, but it's got to count for something. They had a nice, they did a nice job here in the Big 12, lost to Kansas, who was the champion. They got 10, 22 wins in the Big 12. I think they're in. So all I got here, Gus, are five teams that are automatics. Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, and TCU. I am leaving out. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Baylor, but we can talk about those later. Yeah, those bubble teams that you mentioned there, I think all of those are going to be in question. I think all of those teams are going to be sweating it out. I totally see Kansas State being a 10 seed. I can see them being kind of a live 10 seed too. I think that makes perfect sense. I think the big question is, is Kansas going to run out of steam? TCU going to guard anybody? Uh, Is West Virginia going to be be able to score enough? I think all of these big 12 teams have some question marks. And I think you're going to have to think really hard about how far you're going to advance each one of them. Big East partner, solid six are in. Xavier, Villanova, Creighton, Seton Hall, much to my chagrin. Providence, I think, has played their way in. They take Villanova to OT tonight in the Big East title game. I I do think they're in. And Butler, I think, is solidly in. So Xavier, Villanova, Creighton, Seton Hall, Providence, and Butler. What are your thoughts on those teams, partner? Take the over. (laughs) on every single one of them because every single one of them loves to score and get up and down. Now, Villanova and Providence did play a nice defensive game here. You also saw the Seton Hall-Villanova game where that game was down in the 60s as well. So, But at the end of the conference season, when you know what's coming – that's what happens with great coaching and good scouting. Like you're gonna know like which cut is gonna come. You know like he's when somebody's gonna slip a screen. You know when a backdoor cut is gonna come off of a third option. Like that's what happens in those games. But with somebody that isn't as well scouted and they're gonna play somebody from out of conference, take the over. I think every single one of these teams that you mentioned there has an opportunity to advance because of their offensive firepower. And if the referees let everybody play, then each one of those Big East teams has a chance to advance. And for some of them, advance deep. You know, people can complain about Butler Partner. They are 20 and 13. They were 9 and 9 in the Big East. They have four Quadrant 1 wins and four Quadrant 2 wins. I just think they're in. I, I, well, I, Butler's fine. Yeah, Butler's I think fine. Butler's fine. I agree. Yeah, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Um, they, they have enough big wins. Listen, St. Mary's going to get brought up on this bubble thing. Like, are you going to compare Butler's resume to St. Mary's resume? Are you kidding me? I think you know. Who it's, it's like it's like it's like that, that's a night and day. Right. I, I think you know who you're talking to here. That's for right. Sure. That's right. rhetorical on this podcast. That's for sure. Uh, Big Sky Gus, great job here. You've been championing them all year long. You talked about them in the off season, I think, and you talked about mid major a couple times. The Montana Grizz win the Big Sky tournament. They get the automatic bid. They are in the dance. This is one of those teams that you had better think twice about before just crossing them out on your bracket. Don't dismiss the Grizz. They have players. They got Jamara Coy. 
uh, they have a Michael Gwynn, they have Amar Rory. All of those guys are bigger school transfers that have transferred down, and they are invested. And you also like the team that has like the magic carpet ride to get there. They needed to avoid like a, a tight game where they needed an opponent to miss free throws to get into overtime, and then they win the game in overtime in the conference tournament. It was crazy. So you love that team that had that magic carpet ride to get there. I don't, don't dismiss the Grizz that easily, okay? Oh, totally agree. Next small school, we're going down Big South. We're going the Radford Highlanders there. Radford with that last second shot by the freshman, hits the three, puts him in the tournament. Highlanders, the Big South representative. Big South representative, Highlanders. I I, I think this is an, a 16-16 game waiting to happen. Uh, I also think that their pace of play could be interesting in that 16-16 game. I don't think they're going to get sped up. And I think that might be an advantage with a team that hasn't played that way uh, in conference. So something to pay attention to. But are they you know, a huge threat to put up big numbers? I don't think so. So we just want to say congratulations to Raft. Go to the Big Ten. These are the solid four. The book on the Big Ten across the country, partner, would be that they, it's a down conference, right? I only see four as definite. We could argue Nebraska, Penn State, probably not, maybe, but right. we'll, we'll get to those later. But the mm-hmm. the four are solid. Michigan State, Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan. Certainly Michigan State's been championed all year. The depth, they were a top team coming in. Purdue, same thing. You were on them a lot more hotter than I was, but you were right on the money. They have balance. They have a big. Vince Edwards can get healthy right now, so they're a threat to the go to the Final Four. Ohio State, Kata Bates-Diop. Player of the year in the conference. So he, they're going to be tremendous. And Michigan's been hotter than anyone winning back-to-back now Big Ten tournaments. So talk about those four. Michigan State, Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan. We could get two in there to the Final Four, couldn't we? It's possible. Uh, no, you know what you could do? You could logically reason that all four of these teams could make a Final there's Four. A way, I totally agree with you. People think there's, a, there's, totally there, there's logic to do so. 100%. If you want to say like, oh, well, Ohio State can't. Sure they can. Chris Holtman is an amazing coach. Yep. They, they will have arguably the best player on the floor at almost every matchup that they'll have in the tournament with, with KBD. So, so the, there's your argument there. Purdue, they've been so consistent on both sides of the ball all year. Um, yes, is Vincent Edwards' health a, a hinge on their success moving forward? Of course. Uh, at Michigan State, yes, of course. Like the, you know, they're, They were a top-five team uh, preseason, and they're proving to be so again right now. And Michigan, like you said, is, is, is hot as all get out. Here's the thing. What are we going to make of this Big Ten? Does the rest hurt or help? That's the unknown yeah. factor right now yeah. for this particular conference and all four of those teams. Well said. Very, very well said. That's the key, and we'll find out how it is. Next one, partner, is not finished yet. We'll just just go on it briefly. The Big West Conference, they are playing later tonight. We have Cal State Fullerton against UC Irvine. One of those two teams, partner, you are the expert on them, will make the big dance. Which one do you like? If I was going to lean one way, I have to go Anteaters. The Anteaters were the number three seed in the conference tournament after finishing just behind uh, UC Davis and uh, UC Santa Barbara. So if you're going to go with the better team here, I, I, I guess, but if you're going to go with the hot team, you might go with, with the uh, with the Titans and go with Fullerton. But if I'm leaning one way or the other, I'm going UC Irvine. I'm going the Anteaters. I think they are also destined for like that 16 seed, uh, maybe even the playing game if that happens. 
Next one, the Colonial Athletic Association. They had their game earlier this week, and it was a doozy. It was the College of Charleston going to overtime to beat Northeastern, 83-76. You talked about Joe Cheely. He had 32 points dropped in this game. Northeastern fought all the way through. Both teams were 14-4 and in the regular season, but College of Charleston is in the NCAA tournament. I would place College of Charleston in the same category that I would place the Grizz. They have three excellent players that are different makers. You mentioned Chinley. He was the big stud in the championship game. Went 16 for 16 from the free throw, free throw line. Uh, made some big free throws as the game closed out and in overtime. Uh, you know, Gus got next. Has Grant Riller on their squad a number of different times. I love he went Grant for 20 Riller. points. Yep, he I love is, Grant Riller. Yep. You, know who, you know who he's like? He's exactly like um, who plays second banana for St. Bonnie's. Um, Mobley, not J- not Jalen Adams, but Mobley. He reminds me totally of Mobley. Excellent. And then they have Brantley, who's like a kind of a beast down low and got a double double. Uh, I think this team is unbelievably dangerous. And much like we mentioned with um, uh, the Grizz, they had this little magic carpet ride where they were down at the half. 13 points and down 17 in the second half and brought it all the way back and won in overtime. So congratulations to the College of Charleston. And I think they're a team to pay attention to, especially if uh, pace of play gets into the uh, equation that you're doing uh, as far as your brackets go. Conference USA, this is the one is is a stomach punch to me, man. Middle Tennessee State, we love them. The Blue Raiders had Kermit on. I feel like I'm a jinx. I interviewed Becker. I interviewed Davis. I'm talking about the tournament both. And neither, I don't think Middle Tennessee is going to make it, although I will be jumping up and down going nuts tomorrow if they make it. They ended the season, partner, two losses in a row. Marshall and then Southern Miss, which is an unbelievably brutal loss. So the Conference USA Championship game, which was today, was Western Kentucky against... Marshall and Marshall pulled it out. They must have been spurred on by the big win. I think they they played them. I think they beat Middle Tennessee twice this year, which really is the killer. They, they did, yeah. That's a killer to Middle Tennessee. But Marshall, the Thundering Herd, roll on, big win. They will be the Conference USA representative come March Madness. Marshall's interesting. You mentioned that they beat Middle Tennessee a couple times, and that's obviously a clash in styles. Marshall wants to get up and down and shoot a whole bunch of threes and and and, and really push the pace, and that goes directly against what Middle Tennessee State wants, uh, what Middle Tennessee wants to do. Um, and they did, uh, they they didn't have to play that way in the conference championship game against Western Kentucky, uh, which was interesting. And you thought that maybe Darius Thompson would put some clamps on John Elmore here uh, to limit his success. But Elmore is a fun player. He's totally worth paying attention to. And also another thing to pay attention to for Marshall, they do have a giant shot disruptor in the middle who uh, is in the top five in the in a nation in blocks. Excellent. So they do, have, they do have some impactful players on either side of the ball. So Marshall is not necessarily like a, an intriguing or upsetty type pick, but maybe it's a team that you might enjoy watching uh, in their first round matchup. And they do have Coach Deanne Tony on, uh, on the sidelines, who is not afraid to run up and down. Just take a look at the Houston Rockets in the NBA. I say Horizon, you say Wright State. The Wright, uh, Wright State beat Cleveland State, blew them out 74-57 on Tuesday. They are the Horizon representative. Really quick on Wright State, 23-9, and 14-4 in conference. Their strength of schedule is pretty strong, man. 50th in the country. They do have a, a Quadrant 1 win. They do have a Group 2 win. 3-0 on a neutral court. Wright State's going to be a bit of a pain, don't you think? Absolutely, they're going to be a bit of a pain. And Coach Scott Nagy did the exact same thing when he was at uh, uh, South Dakota State a couple of years back. Uh, and he left to come to Wright State. 
that team, that South Dakota State team, made the tournament and had a very similar resume, and they were a pain in the first round. I think Wright State falls into the exact same category. Grant Brenzinger is the 6'3 uh, senior that's been invested in the program and been there his whole career. Uh, he, he's, he's one of the leaders. They have a really interesting freshman, big man, Love, who's like 270 and a load and tough to push off the block. He's almost averaging a double-double. And then they have another intriguing freshman off the bench, uh, Jalen Hall, uh, who can put up numbers and is more athletic than you think. So I think Wright State is interesting. I wouldn't necessarily put them in the same category as Charleston or or, or Montana where you're like definitely look at them for an upset. But I think they're going to keep it live and they're definitely going to be comp- competitive. How great is that the Ivy League has a tournament? Dr. Tony loves it. We love it. Ivy League tournament, long time coming, second year in a row. Very excited about it. Harvard beat Cornell today, blew them out, 74-55, they're in. UPenn beat Yale, 80-57, they're in. So we got Harvard and UPenn tomorrow at noon. The winner goes to the big dance. Totally interesting. You love that they play at the Palestra, which makes it a quasi, not a quasi, but an actual home game for Penn. So it's a kind of a road game for Harvard. Uh, I think Harvard is going to go into the, uh, you know, into the, adverse atmosphere and get the win and be the Ivy representative. I think Towns is going to outplay uh, uh, Batley, uh, uh, Bentley uh, from from Penn, and I think Huzang is going to be the X factor, and I think he's going to do a couple of things like he did against uh, Cornell, maybe make a couple threes, a couple impactful drives. Uh, and I would pay attention here to the turnover number. If Harvard keeps their turnovers down, they will be the Ivy representative. The Mac not the Mid-America Conference, but the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. The Iona Gales won this bid, I believe, for the third year in a row. They beat Fairfield 83-71 on Monday. Tim Clues, you call them DJ Clues. I love that, by the way. <laughs> that was, yeah. uh, Tim Clues does his magic again. There's been years, partner. You know I love Iona's style. They get up and down. They haven't quite been able to get over the bubble. But again, they will be the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference representative, the Iona Gales. They were fourth behind Ryder, Canisius, Niagara in the conference. And then they won the tournament. Iona Gales going to the dance. Really quick on Iona. Uh, They are very similar to Marshall in the respect that they will push the ball look for mismatches right away and try to attack that mismatch immediately on the offensive end. Uh, And then they are occasionally engaged on the defensive end. So they'll be fun to watch. They'll be fun to run up and down with. Um, And another thing about Iona, they don't necessarily have like a big go-to stud like they usually do in years past. They spread the wealth. Excellent. They see where, yeah, they see where the mismatch is and then attack that mismatch um, over and over and over again until the other team adjusts. So you want to see who's going to get the green light and what uh, mismatch they try to attack attack in, you know, because they're going to be like, a, you know, I would imagine they'd be a 14, 15 or 16. Like, where are they going to try to attack and can they defend enough to keep it interesting? Yeah, go ahead, guys. Try to find somebody else who knows more about these teams than Gus does. Bring it. I dare you. Great call. Hashtag Gus knows. Next one. The regular Mac Mid-American Conference. Buffalo Bulls move on. They won yesterday. 76-66 over Toledo. The Bulls are in 15-3 and three in conference, 26 wins overall this season. Buffalo has some players. I really like Jeremy Harris. I think he's like a very uh, Seth Towns-ish type player from Harvard, if you're going to do a comparison there for mid-majors. Uh, I also really like, since they've gotten Wes Clark into 
The rotation is from the second semester. He's done a great job in the backcourt helping out run the point. And, of course, you got Massenberg, who's going to put up big numbers, and it has been there forever. So I'm going to put Buffalo in that Montana Grizzly uh, College of Charleston category where I would take a second look at Buffalo and see who they're matched up against and see if there's a weakness there because they do have players, and some of those players are left over from when Coach Hurley was there. Folks, we get asked all the time, Gus and I, about who we like, the lines, Vegas lines. We do hashtag SDS lines as well. Who's going to win the games? Where are the underdogs? What's going on? But we also get asked where we're going to bet. And folks, where you're going to bet is more important than who you're going to bet on. So that's why we always tell you to go to mybookie.ag. And this is very important because there is a special now for Screen the Screener podcast listeners. At mybookie.ag, sign up for an account, type in the promo code SDS. That's right. Type in the promo code SDS and you will get a 100% cash bonus. That means on your first deposit, you will get 100% of that back. Deposit $50, they give you an extra $50. Deposit $100, they give you an extra $100. Deposit $500, they give you $500. 100% bonus as long as you use the promo code S the S. You guys know who's going to win. You think you can beat Gus and I. You think you know it better than we do. Great. Prove it. Lay down some cash and win big today at mybookie.ag. We wouldn't recommend this service to anyone if we didn't use it ourselves and it wasn't good to us and it's been great to us and it can be great to you. We're urging you to go to mybookie, use the promo code SDS for up to 100% cash bonus. They have live in-game wagering, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now. Get the 100% bonus. Promo code SDS. Visit MyBookie today. You play. You win. You get paid. MyBookie.ag. Next up, the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Today, we had Hampton going against going against North Carolina Central. North Carolina Central, you said you liked Hampton in your mid-major pod. So did I. I, You know, maybe it's just me thinking back to the coach kicking his legs up there when they were a 15 seed, they beat a two. They were one of the first to do that, by the way. Uh, right. One of the very first. But Hampton goes down to North Carolina Central, 71-63. North Carolina Central representing the MEAC in the tournament. And this tournament just, like, was absolute madness from the start. And this was, like, very similar to – the Big Sky Tournament, where like a whole bunch of upsets happened inside the bracket, and uh, you had North Carolina A and T making it to the Final Four in Morgan State, but NC Central. Listen, NC Central has been consistent. They've been to the dance for this conference three out of the five last five years or six years. Yeah, so it's so. not like they're it's not like they're going to be strangers walking into the party. Like they've had their ticket punched before. And you know what? They have a big man down low that they're going to toss it into a whole bunch of times and their pace of play. They're going to try to slow it down. So you want to see if they can keep, make enough baskets at that pace to keep it close in the 16-16 game that they're going to be in most likely uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Missouri Valley, Loyola Chicago Ramblers. We've talked about this team. Brad Evans talked about this team. This is There is no Gus team that will be in the bracket that this mainstream person will disregard more 
but should not disregard than the Loyola hyphen Chicago Ramblers. They will be totally disregarded by my mom, my cousins. No one will think they're good. They are not good because their mom says they're good. They're good because they wanted Florida. So Loyola Chicago Ramblers, Missouri Valley champs, regular season and tournament, 28 wins this year, 15 and three in conference. And we talked about it. They won at Florida. They needed to get healthy. They are now healthy. They have their full roster at their disposal. They have an unbelievable coach. The way that they play is really efficient on offense. It's not Belmont or or Davidson-type efficiency on offense, but they're not afraid to shoot the three, um, and they have guys that can make it from over 40% from three. So this is a team, just like you mentioned, like you're in your conversation with Brad Evans, and also uh, when I was talking to Kevin Connors, he also mentioned this team off-air as a team to pay attention to. So I would say, listen, they have the attention of the experts they're definitely worth taking a look at in that 13-12 seed range for your upset that you want to like make your bracket shine with. So take a look at Loyola. And if you want college basketball experts, you've come to the right place. And if you need proof, when this season's over and we do our recap show and I play back Gus telling you that the Mountain West is getting mo- mo- more than one bid and I'm sitting here laughing like a crazy person, let me tell you something, folks. Let me tell you something. The kid is in the zone. So the Mountain West, we knew Nevada was making it in. You called that they would lose. They did lose. And sure enough, then San Diego State wins the bid and makes the NCAA tournament as the automatic from the Mountain West. So we got San Diego State in. You know Nevada's getting in. That's two. Two's greater than one. Well done, partner. That, that, you know, you loved when, when we had the like I believe segment. And by the way, one of the other things I believed was way back a long time ago was that Gonzaga was going to make sure that they made an elite yes, eight run. Well done. Right? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, so uh, that, that I mean, I think people are on board with that now, too. Um, so just very quick on the Mountain West. Uh, of course, uh, Nevada, all we're going to say to Nevada is please just heal up, get rested up. We want to see you unbelievably competitive in the tournament. We want to see you, uh, if you're the lower seed, we want to see you pull that upset, and we want to see you advance and have a chance to get to the Sweet 16. Um, because they are so limited due to transfers and injury, they're playing with such a, 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 such a limited roster, and everybody's playing heavy minutes. So get rested up, Wolfpack. We'll see you in a couple of, we'll see you in a couple of days. And you know what? Kudos. San Diego State, right on. Uh, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying this because, like, hey, I called this, but – they have players. They have Trey Kell, who is now healthy. He obviously had Good a call. giant championship game. Yep. He hits huge shots, just Steve, like we thought he would. You know, partner Steve Fisher talked about that, and that, and when I was watching the Nevada game as well, he came on the mic a little bit there. That's a great yeah. point. Uh, Pope, who I think has now breathed a sigh of relief after being uh, connected yep. to FBI. some of the FBI yep. news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing with a little bit of freedom now. There was a there was a there was a sequence in in this championship game where he slipped a screen, got a pass uh, on the extended elbow, uh, caught it with one hand, and then threw a bounce pass inside uh, to Jalen McDaniel's for a dunk. And it was like one of the most fluid big man moves I've ever seen him do. It was really impressive. Uh, and McDaniel's is like one of those athletic freaks that's just going to make some holy smokes. I can't believe I saw that type plays. Um, you have Mitchell, who's like uh, kind of Chris Jenkins ish from uh villanova like he's got that type of body type and that type of game and he's gonna nail a three in your eye and then you got watson who's uh the transfer point guard who's taking really good care of the ball this team is totally live 
If you are not paying attention to things, they're going to defend you. They got everybody healthy. If you're looking at a team and they're like, oh, well, how did this team make it in? Don't say, how do they make it in? You better say, how are they going to beat this team they're matched up against? Mm. San Diego State and the Aztecs, really, really, really nice. And they may have to beat Gonzaga next year. Northeast Conference. I have a very close family member, my brother-in-law, who's up in Amherst. We talked to Matt Vitor this year. This yep. has got to burn them a little bit. LIU Brooklyn beats Wagner as the Northeast Conference representative. Wagner won the regular season, 23 wins, 14-4, won it by two games. LIU Brooklyn was tied for fourth at 10-8. and eight. Derek Kellogg leads yep. LIU Brooklyn to the NCAA tournament. I can tell you that's burning people in Amherst. LIU Brooklyn, they'll be your representative from the Northeast Conference. Uh, very quickly on LIU Brooklyn, number one, that was a home game for Wagner, so they had to win the championship. Unbelievable. Oh. Unreal. Great job by the Blackbirds. <laughs> And they do have two really, really studly sure. type players. One's local. Uh, Joel, yeah. One Joel Hernandez. Yep. One from us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tina, uh, and Tina. then uh, Raekwon Clark. Both of those guys can ball out. So I think you're looking at two kind of mismatch problems. And at those two positions, nobody's going to like have an upper hand, uh, whoever their opponent is, with uh, Hernandez and Clark. And I, I would assume that LIU Brooklyn is going to be in the 16-16 game. And you know what? Whatever, whoever they're matched up against, I'm probably going to pick them because I love how Hernandez and Clark play. And you know how Kellogg does have NCAA experience at the uh, level, like, you know, one step up from where he's at right now. They always put that uh, Northeast Conference team in that playing game. That's a very good call. One of the, I think this was actually partner in the Ohio Valley, the first uh, qualifier for the NCAA tournament. This is back on Saturday the 3rd, so we're going a week back here. Murray State, Murray State 68, Belmont 51. We're sorry to see Belmont out. We love Belmont here. But Jonathan Stark, partner, we're happy to see in the tournament as Murray State, the racers, will be in from the Ohio Valley. Jonathan Stark, remember that name. He is probably one of the best players who you have never seen play. Make an appointment TV during March Madness to find that Murray State game, wherever they're bracketed up against, and make sure you watch him. He is an unbelievably dynamic guard. He was arguably the best player in that league, which is a very offensive league. And they do have uh, other players surrounding him that can shoot the three. He loves to break down and go into the lane and get some contact. So check out Stark. He is a really dynamic player. He is really fun to watch. Next up, Pac-12. I think there's three automatics here, Gus. Arizona looks like they're going to win. They got about under two minutes left to go, and they're up right now. They're up 12 on USC with about yeah two minutes left. So it looks like they're going to win the regular season and the conference tournament. So good for them for the Wildcats. Overcame a lot of adversity. All those guys are declaring, so maybe they can make a run here for Sean Miller. Also, I think USC gets in. USC is in the finals of the Pac-12 tournament, so they're in, certainly. And I'm also going to go out here and say UCLA is in. I I do think that UCLA is going to make it. This is one of these teams that's on the bubble partner that maybe a lot of people are talking about, but this is the the screen-the-screener definitive comments here, and I think UCLA's in. They're 21-11. and They're 11-7 and in conference. They got three Quadrant 1 wins, five Quadrant 2 wins. They got a 43rd non-conference RPI, a 64th strength of schedule. It's okay. It's good. It's not great. But most importantly for UCLA, you said this a while ago. I disregarded you, as usual. I think Aaron Holiday's Jesus. So I think that's why they're getting in. <laughs> he, he, is, does have a lot, he does have a lot of pull on selection Sunday. Gus, he, I mean, just laugh. We should splice in what I said about Aaron Holiday earlier and what I'm going to say right now, back to back. And you'll just laugh and you may walk out of the room. Okay. Aaron Holiday 
is a definitive first-round draft pick. Definitive. Any team that passes on Aaron Holiday after pick 10, you will regret it. He will come back like Jason, and he will haunt you. Aaron Holiday's tremendous. UCLA, USC, Arizona from the Pac-12. What do you think? Here are my three thoughts on those three teams. One, I think uh, USC is limited. I think not having Melton available is an issue. I also think having Boatwright not available is an issue. I think that will catch up with them in the tournament. I can easily see them reversing their fortunes from last year, where they were like a, uh, you know, they were the feel-good story. They they were the playing game winner, and then upset it upset SMU. I think they could be on the other end of that this year um, due to their roster limitations, even with their coaches' success, past success in March. Arizona can win this whole thing if they don't forget to give the ball to DeAndre. Ayton. That's exactly right. Let's just say how it is. Yep. If they give him enough touches, they can win this whole thing. He's, you know, Gus. I put him on the level of Rory Hashimura. He's one of the guys Without who question. could become the story of the tournament. A hundred percent. Yes. Can we just not get obsessed with Jack and threes and get him some <laughs> eight touches, please? He's somebody. Thank you, Coach Miller. Like, let's make that happen in the tournament. And then also, I agree with your UCLA comment that Aaron Holiday is absolutely unbelievable and and one of the top 15 best players in the country, hands down. And plus, he has a Robin uh, with Welch, and I really like hands. I think he's really talented. So they actually have some pieces that are interesting. And if you remember, like, all Coach Alford does is kind of like live in the Sweet 16, right? He, yep. Like, that's all he does. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the Sweet 16 as, like, a 12 or an 11 seed. I can totally see that happening. I don't think Larry Markin has forgiven Alonzo Trier for not getting him the ball when they were up 12 against Xavier there with, like, three minutes left last year. I really Can you get the best player on the floor a couple touches, please? Absolutely. Next up, the Patriot League, another qualifier that happened on Wednesday a little bit early. And, Gus, I'm sorry. I, I Gus, I got to mention this. I, I'm sorry. I'm going, you know, we got stuff here on this other computer that we pull up stats throughout the pod. Right, right, right. Well, I okay. swear to God, this just happened. What, what do you got? An advertisement for a vasectomy just popped up. You know, we heard about <laughs> vast madness. Some, it's gone now. <laughs> Some, like, medical place is advertising on websites for vast madness. It said March madness, perfect time for a vasectomy. I'm sorry. I had that to say. It just popped up. I'm all thrown off. Getting back. Okay, okay sorry. Back to the Patriots. That's just so funny. Bucknell wins by basically 30 in the Patriot League final over Colgate. Bucknell has dominated this division for many years. 16-2 and in the regular season in conference. They win the tournament. I can't get – you and I were having a couple beverages there with our buddies. Dr. Tony was there uh, watching Bucknell years ago hold up that jersey against Kansas. Bucknell's a team that could be live, right? Out of the Patriot League, they'll be the representative. They will have a player on the floor that could possibly match the other team's best player on the floor in Zach Thomas. He was player of the year in the conference. And he put up over 20 points per game and almost uh, over nine rebounds a game. They do have uh, a, a nice backcourt with Kimberl and, and Stephen Brown is actually playing really, really well in the conference tournament. If you look at his numbers over the past uh, five games, I mentioned this on, on the previous podcast, he's averaging about 20 points a game. And he's one of your life lifers, one of your vets that's been there forever. So you, you like that they have those two aspects. So Bucknell is definitely live because of the talent that they have. Uh, I think Zach Thomas is like a quasi borderline, like cup of coffee NBA type player. So it's possible that they might not be out talented in either the first round or the second round, whoever they're matched up against. Here's an interesting one. The Southeast Conference. I have seven automatics right now. Let me have it. Auburn, 
Tennessee, Florida. There's three. Kentucky, of course, on fire. Here we go again, Cal. Wenyon Gabriel's got five million threes. They're the fourth. Arkansas is certainly in. They're the fifth. Missouri's in. They're the sixth. And before you at me, at Randall Rand or at SDS Podcast, here's right. my rationale. 19 and 12, 10 and 8 in the SEC. They got five quadrant one wins and five quadrant two wins. That's 10 quadrant one and quadrant two wins. Their RPI mm-hmm. is 45th. I think they're getting in. And a- how, about, how about this? If you're just going to compare them, I think they're very Butler like. I think I bet I them and Butler yeah. re- receive like a very similar seed line. And they want Michael Porter in. They got star quality, of course. And. Certainly, even though they finished behind Mississippi State and Texas A&M, I think Alabama is in after that Colin Sexton performance that he had. That was a very big win over Auburn. I know they're 19 and 15. I know they're 8 and 10. But if you look at what they have, they have seven quadrant one wins, partner. They will find a way to get Colin Sexton in this tournament. That's a lot of quadrant one wins. That's more than I thought that they had. There's seven, yep. And you know what that you know what that Alabama record that you know just like looking at like the the covering of it of it reminds me of it reminds me of that uh, Vandy team that made it with uh, Cornette a couple years ago. Wow, good, they were like good call. Oh. where they were like seventeen and thirteen or something in conference and they made it in. So I think that's very similar. I, I can see the lineage there. That makes perfect sense. Um, and you know what's going to happen with this? Unfortunately, like we should just be championing the SEC for getting so many teams into the tournament after having a couple of down years where they have only received like four or five uh, bids. You know what's going to happen after the first, you know, after the first round when half of these teams like are upset, people are going to say, see, the SEC isn't that good. But no, there's been a huge step up in play on the conference on the whole. That should be championed and they should be championed that they have this many teams and they're in the neighborhood with like, the Big 12 and the ACC and the Big East. Like, that's, that's the part that should be the talking point, not the point where, like, when their conference gets splintered uh, in the first and second round in March. Absolutely. Going on to the SWAC. Who loves SWAC basketball more than me? And the, there it is. And the team that started 0-13, we talked about this, Santa Claus Rally, Texas Southern pulls out the win today against Arkansas Pine Bluff, 84-69. Texas Southern who was 12 and 6 in conference they had they had Jefferson who was in and out of the lineup Mike Davis back in the NCAA tournament Texas Southern representing the SWAC Can I just can I just give you a pat on the back like you called this like what all the way back in like I don't know December Hashtag or whatever blind squirrel yes thank you <laughs> You said that like this team was going to make a run and make March and boom here they are I got this one wrong on the mid major podcast I thought that Pine, Pine Bluff would hold serve here but Texas Southern has talent and again, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get tossed in because of their record, because of that 0-13 start that you mentioned. They're going to get tossed in that 16-16 game. And I wouldn't be surprised if that 16-16 game uh, was a blowout in their favor because of the talent that they have. Uh, Jefferson is back as their best player. He's averaging over 20 points a game. Uh, they do have a difference maker inside that changes shots, much much, much like the layout of the Marshall uh, roster that we mentioned earlier. Uh, so Texas Southern, if you're trying to get the perfect bracket, I would take a really close look at them in that 16-16 game to make sure you move them on to play the number one seed. Southern Conference, UNC Greensboro, or as you call them, and I love this, UNCG. UNCG wins the Southern 62-47 over East Tennessee State. They are in. UNCG won the regular season in the Southern, and they won the tournament. They're going dancing. 
love Francis Alonzo. If you're going to pay attention to one player on this team, he's the guy. He can make big shot after big shot. He helped this team get to the conference finals and win the automatic March invite due to the conference win in the in the tournament. Um, Francis Alonzo is a stud. Love watching him. So if you're going to pay attention to something there, uh, he's the player to pay attention to. And uh, UNC can defend. They can defend. Uh, so you want to see if they can make enough baskets in their, I don't know, they're probably going to be a 14, 15, maybe a 13 if, uh, you know, things break right. Can they make enough baskets to keep it close in the second half? So maybe if you are, uh, you know, looking at a first a first half line, maybe you want to take them with the points in the first half or something of that nature. Southland Conference, so funny. I heard you on the mid-major talk about Nichols. Only reason I had Nichols in there is because I'm, I'm copying Lenardi and Palm. So I blame right, Lenardi right, right. and Palm. But you got this one right. You nailed it. Very good. West Virginia history. Huggins, right? Stephen F. Austin from the uh-huh. Southland. They beat Southeast Louisiana today. The uh, the Lumberjacks are in. Stephen F. Austin, 59-55. They're representing the Southland Conference. You know, I thought that they would meet, obviously, Southeast Louisiana. I thought a Caps would... Uh, from Southeast Louisiana would would play a little bit bigger. But Stephen F. Austin does have the history. They do have a couple of holdovers from that team, one of those holdovers being Ty Charles, uh, shifty guard in the backcourt. Do they have the same type of personnel that they had when they pulled that big upset versus uh, West Virginia and Coach Huggins? Absolutely not. But are they going to be a name that you remember and maybe that a bunch of people fill out for an upset because they thought they did before? Sure. And maybe Todd Charles is the guy to lead them to do that, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about this. I'm not so sure about the Lumberjacks this year. You love Mike Dom. I love Mike Dom. Brad Evans loves Mike Dom. Mike Dom's in the tournament. Summit League representative South Dakota State back on Tuesday beat South Dakota 97-87. Big win. Jack Rabbits are certainly ready to go in March Madness. Look, we got to place the Jackrabbits with the uh, Montana Grizz, College of Charleston, and Buffalo-type territory. Here's why. It's not a one-man show. David Jenkins Jr., the freshman, is playing as well as Grady is playing for Davidson as a freshman on the outside as, like, the counterpart. I compare, like, Aldridge and Dom to each other, and I compare uh, Jenkins and Grady to each other. And I think that both of those guys, I think you have those two counterparts that you can't double off of. It's a solution that you have to solve as a, as a coach. And whoever's faced against this Jackrabbits team in the first round, he is scratching his head saying, what in the world do we do to defend Dom? Because he's a nightmare by himself. But then like, are we really going to leave Jenkins open and let him shoot a whole bunch of threes? I don't think so. So this team is interesting. And plus they have we mentioned the you know the the you need your life uh, your lifer or your vet and they have uh, Reed Telling Hughes who's been there forever and who who was there when Coach Nagy was there so he know he's been through the battles he's been in the tournament before so they do have some experience on the roster yeah but I had them beat in West Virginia in one of my uh, montages there you never know it could be a matchup there Sun Belt Fun Belt we got the finals tomorrow. <laughs> The team we're rooting for, I'm pretty sure you're rooting for. I know I am. UT Arlington, Kevin yeah, Hervey. Yeah, Kevin Hervey, Eric Neal going against Georgia State. Someone's coming in from the fun belt. We're hoping it's UT Arlington. Uh, just very quickly here, I, I like UT Arlington coming in just because they, had, you know, they hit that snide uh, mid-season in conference and and took a bunch of losses on that were uncharacteristic of uh, you know their their non-conference schedule and the success that they had there. But for real, they have an NBA player on their squad in Kevin Hervey. They have a top-shelf point guard in uh, 
Eric Neal, who went off for 37 earlier in the conference tournament. They have a big inside that can rebound and alter shots. So they they have the components to pull an upset here. So if you're if they win tomorrow, UT Arlington is another team that's going to be like vastly underseeded even for a mid major to take a look at to pull a really big upset. I'll let you take this one. The whack. New Mexico State beats Grand Canyon. By the way, let's just pause here. Great job for Dan Marley and Grand Canyon this year. Tremendous, oh, tremendous yeah. job. New Mexico State, Jamario Jones, they're in. 12-2, 27 wins. They beat pretty easily Grand Canyon 72-58. Listen, that's what they've been doing all season. They've just been beating people all season pretty easily. They're really interesting. Here's why they're interesting. Number one, they have a shot maker in Lofton. Lofton is a really gifted uh, perimeter player who's been at a bunch of stops before finding a landing spot and a home at Sandy. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, at New Mexico State. Number two, they have one of the most dynamic, exciting players that you can't help but not root for in Jamario Jones, who's one of the leaders in the nation in rebounding at only 6'5". Just go watch him play. He's amazing. Love him. They also have um, the coach, Coach Jans, who coached with Coach Marshall at Wichita State. So they have uh, that kind of play angry or play annoyed or, you know, play I'm a little PO'd at you type situation. Yep. Also, if you take a look at the metrics, the metrics will tell you that this is a top 15 defensive team, according to Ken Palm. That is is a is that that is a metric that yields itself and lends itself to no blowout in the first round. So if you're looking at an upset team uh, like Washington can go far, yep. like they have shot makers, they have rebounders, they have players at every position on the court, and they will D you up and not let you run away from them scoring wise. So I love this New Mexico State team. I will probably pick them depending on who they're matched up against, as long as it's not, uh, you know, Gonzaga. Uh, I, I think that that I think they're a team to pay attention to as well. And last one we got here. This is Team 61. So this will be the 61st team that we have in, leaving us seven spots. We'll get to in a minute. West Coast Conference, Death Taxes, and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. That's my only definite coming from the West Coast Conference. Know what that means, right, Gus? Oh, man. I, I love that we're going to have the, the St. Mary's discussion. <laughs> Gonzaga's been tremendous all year long. Certainly, Mark Few. This is a team that can absolutely make the Final Four. So, like I said, partner, that is 61 teams, which mm-hmm. means, according to the Screen the Screener podcast, there are seven bids that are up for grabs tomorrow. I'm just going to run through a couple things. We're using a website, warrennolan.com, one of the best websites out there. Tremendous Tremendous guy. Love Warren Nolan here. He breaks everything down for you on this website. I'm just going to run through a couple things for you here and just get top of your head on some bubble teams, Gus. All right? Let's start with one, Louisville. I don't think Louisville will be in. Louisville is 20-13. and They were 9-9 and in the ACC. Their non-conference RPI is 42. Their non-conference strength is scheduled 78. That's a tad low. On neutral courts, they were only 2-1. and one. And here's the killer, 3-10 and 10 against Quadrant 1 teams. That just doesn't seem to me to be a team, for example, that I could put in over Middle Tennessee. That's the way I look at it. I'm also looking at it through like the Alabama, Butler, and um, I'm trying to think who else we had in that category. Good one. Yeah. Um, like there, there's no comparison. Yep. Like I, I, I mean, you know, Missouri and Butler are going to be uh, seven, eight, nine 
type, you know, maybe 10 seeds. And if you're looking at these guys on the bubble and they're, they're, the, the, the difference in their resumes, is that drastic? I, I don't think they have a case. Here's an interesting one. Texas A&M. Their RPI is 29th. They're 20 and 12. They're 99 in the SEC. Their non-conference RPI is 5th. Their mm-hmm. non-conference strength of schedule is 11th. They mm-hmm. are 3-2 and two on a neutral court. They have 6 Quadrant 1 wins, 6 and 8, and 6 Quadrant 2 wins, 6 and 3. I kind of think Texas A&M is in at this point. Sneaky in, yeah. I think they'll be in. And you know what? I bet they're one of those teams that you'll be surprised at their seed line when they do get in. They have really good numbers. It's been a train wreck there with Billy Kennedy, but I, I think they have pretty good numbers. They're an interesting team. Let's talk about Middle Tennessee. I still think there's a chance. I do. I think there's a. Sh- I think there's a shot. Too. I, I, I think, think I will. I will explode if I hear. But I think there's a chance. Twenty three and seven, sixteen and two in conference, one and four in neutral court. That hurts. They have the twenty fifth non conference RPI, eighth non conference strength of schedule, eighth, but only two quadrant one wins, two and three, three and one against uh, RPI quadrant two, and then the killer. 11 and 1. They actually lost to a quadrant 4 team and 7 and 2 against quadrant 3. I just think that non conference helps them. I wish they had one more win, to be honest. But this is a type of team partner I want to see in over a mediocre Santa big conference team. But uh, I don't think I totally, they'll make it. I totally agree with your sentiment there. If you want to see the little guy get in over the like vanilla generic big guy, I, I, I'm totally on board with you as far as that, that, that wagon goes. Um, I really think this comes down to one thing. I think the Southern Miss loss is the dagger. Oh, it's a killer. I, I don't think they can get away from that. I, I think know. if they advance to the finals of the, uh, uh, of their conference tournament and then lose, I think there's a much better chance. But I, I think that loss alone might keep them out. You want me to blow a gasket tomorrow and just go absolutely nuts? There is no way on God's green earth they can put St. Mary's in this tournament over Middle Tennessee State. Uh, please Here, don't. Here's the comparison. 28 wins for New- St. Mary's, 23 for Middle Tennessee State. Nobody cares. Non-conference RPI for St. Mary's, 45th. Non-conference RPI for Middle Tennessee, 25th. Right. Non-conference strength of schedule, Middle Tennessee, I said, was 8th. Non-conference mm-hmm. strength of schedule, St. Mary's, 179th. And you want to go to Quadrant 1 wins? St. Mary's 2, Middle Tennessee 2. If they put St. Mary's in this tournament and not Middle Tennessee, I'm going nuts. I may not be around for a podcast in a week. I think that comparison is is apt, and I think it's appropriate. And I think you're on the right side of the argument there as far as those two teams go. Syracuse, 20-13, 8-10 in the ACC. Strong numbers, stronger than you think. 14th non-conference RPI, 17th non-conference strength of schedule. 2-2 two and two in a neutral, 4-8 and eight against Quadrant 1, but that's four wins. 3-3 three and three Quadrant 2, took care of business, 13-2 uh, and two pretty much for, for uh, Quadrant 3, Quadrant 4. What do you think of Syracuse? I know that those numbers put them in the ballpark and, and put them in the discussion. For me, they don't. They, every time I've watched them, not one single time do they pass the eye test. That's a good point. They have never looked like a tournament team to me Anytime I've watched them this entire year. I know the numbers say otherwise. I know the quadrant wins say otherwise. I don't think they pass the eye test. For me, they're out. For you, they're out. Interesting. For me, they're out. I, I, think, no, I think no shot. I agree with everything you just said. But do I think they'll be in tomorrow? Yes, I do. But I agree with everything you just said. I want to say that for the record. I, I'll be annoyed if they get in just because every time I feel like I've viewed them, they 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 don't look like one of the top 68 teams in the country. I get it. I get it. 
I think they'll be in, and I think that non-conference numbers carry them in. That's my only. That's my only. Yeah, that's better than usual for them, by the way. Better than usual. Yes, that's exactly right. Texas, nineteen and fourteen, eight and ten in the Big Twelve. 47th non-conference RPI, 81st strength of schedule non-conference. Mm-hmm. Six wins, six and 11, but six wins against Quadrant 1, two and three against Quadrant 2. Perfect 11-0 against Quadrant 3, Quadrant 4. Mo Bamba injury, but he's back. I think, of course, they lost Andrew Jones. Seems like he's doing well. Very happy for that. Eric Davis gone, FBI, whatever's going on there. But I think they get in partner because they're 11-0. No bad losses. They do have six Quadrant 1 wins. They know Bamba was out. And they're they're non they're playing the Big Twelve, which I think is reasonable. I think Texas gets in. I think Texas is going to get in too. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Texas in Dayton. Oh, that's but good. I also think that Texas will get in because of a couple of the other factors that you mentioned before, with them wanting uh, Colin Sexton in or wanting Michael Porter Jr. in. I think they also want Mo Bamba in. So I think that not that that's like a you know a, a column in their decision making spreadsheet. But at the same point, uh, I think it's fun if you have you have a difference maker like Bamba in the in the tournament. And I, I, I think Texas is in it too because of the numbers that you said, and also because of uh, the injuries that they suffered during uh, be, with Bamba and Andrew Jones. I think those that's part of the um, that's part of their equation as well. Couple more to fire at you quickly here. Florida State twenty and eleven, nine and nine in the ACC non-conference mm-hmm. strength of schedule for Florida State. You ready for this? Three hundred and fourteenth. Yeah, okay. you know that was going to be a good number. Yeah, six quadrant one wins though, six and seven, one quadrant two win. I think they're right there. I think they find a way in, but I feel about them as you feel about Syracuse. I think they get in over both Louisville and Syracuse. Marquette nineteen and thirteen, nine and nine in the Big East, three quadrant one wins, five quadrant two wins, non conference strength of schedule one hundred thirty eight. How about this? I think their resume was better last year. I think they might be on the outside looking in this year. Davidson doesn't win tomorrow. They end 20 and 11, 13 and 5 in the A10, three quadrant ones, one quadrant two, two quadrant four losses. Nope. No chance. They have to win tomorrow to be in. I'd love to say yes to that because they're playing so well recently, but. Without getting the automatic invite, I don't think that they make the dance. Arizona State, 20 and 11, 8 and 10 in conference. Non-conference RPI, 9. Non-conference strength of schedule, 102. Three quadrant one wins, but they're biggies. Five quadrant two wins, three and one on a neutral court. Probably one of the biggest question marks coming in Arizona State. I agree. I'm not sure. I don't have my mind made up on them yet. If I was going to lean one way, I would say they sneak in very Texas-like. Maybe they're one of those last 11 seeds or 12 seeds that sneak in. I think you have to put them in because of how well they played earlier and the, the you know the wins that they have against uh, number one seeds to be like Kansas or Xavier. I, I think that makes sense, but I I also you know we talked about the eye test with Syracuse. They haven't passed the eye test last month. That's for sure. Oklahoma eighteen and thirteen, eight and ten in conference RPIs forty eighth. Non-conference strength to schedule one thirty five, but six and nine, six big quadrant, big quadrant one wins, three quadrant two wins. Trey Young factor, they get in. Uh, yeah, I think they get in due to their overall performance during the year, and I know they fall into the same boat as Arizona State, as they haven't played well lately and they've looked really inefficient and kind of lost on the offensive end. But I think because of the success that they garnered earlier in the season, I think they find their way into the tournament. It'll be fun to have Trey Young in the tournament. Why not? Let him chuck up a couple threes. Let's go. I'm calling my shot right here. I'm going to the mat with this one. You know what the playing game's going to be? Oklahoma, Arizona State. 
That would be awesome. I sign up for that right now. Let's do that. Please make that happen to uh, selection committee. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Must see first four TV. Notre Dame, 19 and 14, 8 and 10 in the ACC. Non-conference RPI 80. Non-conference strength of schedule 171. Only two wins against Quadrant 1. I don't think they're in, Gus, because you say what you want about Bonzi Colson. Couldn't beat Ball State with Bonzi Colson at home. Couldn't beat Indiana in the Crossroad Classic. I think that's what buries them. If they won those games, they're 21-12. and 12. That's a different story. I agree. I think those two games are very similar to the Southern Miss game for Middle Tennessee State. I think those are the two games that are going to keep them on the outside looking in. But you never know what kind of um, you know X factor is in the equation with – trying to figure out when your star player is out for that long. And plus, you know, Farrell was out for a couple games too, so they're playing with like two, like, you know, all ACC players. So I don't know what weight that carries. Uh, if I, But if, you know, if you're going to ask me, like, I think they're out as well. Pick one of these two teams and we're done. I'll give you the resumes. We got Nebraska and we have Baylor. Nebraska, 22 and 10, 13 and 5 in conference. Non-conference RPI 160, non-conference strength to schedule 275, only one quadrant one win. And Baylor, 17 and 14, worst record, 8 and 10 in conference, non-conference RPI 63rd, much better, non-conference strength to schedule 123, not much better, four quadrant one wins, but four and 12, three quadrant two wins. Pick one of those, Nebraska Baylor. I think it's Baylor, and I think it's Baylor just because of the conference that they play in. Nebraska couldn't take advantage of the Big Ten and garnering one of those wins against one of those top four teams that we talked about earlier in the podcast. If they had one of those wins on their resume, I think this might be a different discussion. But because of you're comparing these two teams side to side, I have to lean Baylor because they do have more quality wins uh, overall, and their strength of schedule and RPI are a little bit higher as well. Last one I'll throw to you just to compare to Baylor. Same conference, right church, wrong pew. Right. Oak, Oak State, 19 and 14, 8 and 10 in conference. 145 non-conference RPI, 295 non-conference strength mm-hmm. of schedule, but five quadrant one wins. Pick one. I don't think they both make it, Oak State or Baylor. Interesting. I think you know what they'll do there? And I don't have this in front of me right now, and I apologize to the listeners. I think they might actually go head-to-head there, shouldn't they? They should go head-to-head with Baylor and Oklahoma State to see who won that particular matchup uh, because they do play twice during the regular season in the normal round robin in the Big 12. So I think that might actually become part of the equation if you're comparing those two teams for one of these final bubble spots. But again, very similar to Arizona State, Oklahoma State does have two giant wins uh, against Kansas, which nobody else in this discussion that we've been talking about has or owns. So they do have, they are holding pocket aces. You want to see if what comes up on the flop for them. If they do that partner, Baylor's in. So let's put, because they swept them. So they go head to head, Baylor's in. So folks, the screen, the screener, last seven teams to get in are the following. Texas A&M, Syracuse, Texas, Florida State, Oklahoma, Arizona State, and Baylor. There's our predictions. There's okay. Top 68 teams. Woo! Good job, that, partner. That that makes sense. Wow. I'm glad we hammered through that for the listeners. Listeners, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and putting up with all of our silliness to go through all of these uh, conferences for you. We hope that you have straightened out and you have a good feel on each one of these teams and each one of these conferences heading into your bracket when you fill it out on Monday or Sunday evening. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like what you're listening, please give the podcast a follow on Twitter, at SDS Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. If you're looking for a little bit of a screen to screen or in print, please hit up Mike's site, RandallRant.com. You can access all of our previous podcasts on that site, and then you can check out Mike's short corner. Mike's short corner will give you a, a, little, a little insight into what he's thinking in his college basketball mind, so be careful on that journey. Uh, and please, please, please give Mike a follow on Twitter, at RandallRant. He is both insightful and entertaining. And if you really, really like what you're listening to, please hit up Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review for us. We're at eighty something reviews, and uh, I, I meant I threw out the mid. Good job. Try to get to a hundred by tip off on Thursday. Let's go, people! Come on, help us out here. Help us hit triple digits for tip off on Thursday for March Madness. So thank you for your help with that, guys. We appreciate you. And if you like what you're listening to and want to, uh, you know, communicate with the show via Gmail, please do sespodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you that way. So thank you, listeners out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank. Thank you for Daylight Savings Time because we're an hour closer right now to the brackets coming out. How about that, Gus? <sighs> Cheers. Salacha, grazie, grazie, arigato to all of that. <laughs>